0: Thank you for joining me this week. You're listening to The Last Symptom. I'm Brian Barnett, the creator and and the host of The Last Symptom. A couple weeks ago, or a couple few weeks ago, uh, I had announced here on the show that I was going to be hosting a, a watch party. For those of you who don't keep up on all the latest cultural and technical jargon, let me tell you what a... Modern day watch party is. That's when you get together with a bunch of people on the internet and you watch a movie or a documentary or, or some other video all together. And while the movie's playing, you're all sharing a space in a virtual room together. And inside that room, you have the ability to interact with each other, chat, talk about the, the film you're watching, and those sorts of things. So that's what we did. We watched a documentary about Appalachian life and Appalachian language together and it was a lot of fun Uh, of course I'm Appalachian myself and so um, I had come across this documentary on YouTube that had all these different elements that I could really strongly relate to and I thought boy I think my audience would really enjoy seeing that with me and uh, so that was where I got the idea and I had never done a watch party before you'd think that during the two years of the pandemic that uh, it would have occurred to me to do something like that and in fact somebody in the last symptom group had recommended it to me but i knew that there were some technical details that i had to work out which of course caused me to put it off for a little while but uh we, we got to it so a couple a few saturdays back i think it was two saturdays back three saturdays back a group of us from the last symptom that is me and uh some of the folks who are follow me got together and we did just that and we had a really nice time like I say my first time ever doing something like that in the week leading up to it I was scrambling to find some kind of the service uh, that would allow me to do that that would be the best service for it so I was searching all over the web and testing out different things like that and finally I stumbled upon one that made the whole thing Effortless. It really was effortless and fun. And now that I know how it works, I'm going to be wanting to do that some more in the future because it was a lot of fun. You know, it was surprising to me that the service that I ended up using was not anywhere in the first recommendations when I did my search. So there must be some politicking or something where these very much inferior services are being risen to the top and suggested to people for things like that Uh, but the one I settled on after doing a whole lot of digging turned out to be the best of the ones that I tested and just made it painless and that's really what I wanted so I intend to host more watch parties in the future so to make sure that you get notices and information for when I'm fixing to do things like that. Please join our online community at thelastsymptom.local's.com. You've probably heard me talk about it before. You can either find our online community that way by going in your browser to thelastsymptom.local's.com, and we're over we're almost at 800 members right now. Uh, And another way you can do it is you can download the Locals.com app in the app store and just search for The Last Symptom. You know, when I I created The Last Symptom Locals group, nobody knew what Locals is. And um, there was only a kind of a small group of, let's say, well-known folks or celebrities using that app. I think I kind of got in on the ground floor because more and more people are joining it every day. Alan Dershowitz, the famed constitutional uh, law—you uh, know—I'm I'm butchering his official title, I reckon—but you know, he's a he's a famous lawyer and scholar uh, for the United States Constitution and constitutional law, and uh, just world-renowned. Uh, he now has. His own following on locals. I just found out about it the other day. And speaking of uh, Alan Dershowitz, I'm probably butchering that name too. His last name, Alan Dershowitz. Yeah, I think that's the way you say it. Also, you know, I was an early adapter of Rumble, the video platform. And Alan Dershowitz has a show that he does. I think it's weekly or daily or something like that on Rumble. Um, so it just I just seem to be in good company. Let's just say, let's just put it that way. The decisions that I ha- have made for the last symptom have proven to be good decisions, and other world-renowned people of uh, high intellect and uh, class have, f- have followed followed suit. Which is ironic that I didn't see them doing it first, and then I I followed followed them. Um, and I'm not saying that they followed me onto these platforms. I'm saying that very very uh, smart people recognize a good thing when they see it and so um, uh, they have come onto these platforms that I was an early adapter to and I'm not saying that I'm so smart I'm just saying that I feel fortunate because uh, I kind of feel like I kind of stumbled into some of these things and uh, but anyway getting off topic here Alan Dershowitz so if you join us there on Locals there are lots of other now interesting, interesting people to uh, follow and to subscribe to and to support. Uh, Alan Dershowitz is certainly one of those people. What I like about Alan Dershowitz is that he is um, he's one of the more emotionally honest intellectuals out there that you can find. You know, he was a, a darling of one political side for a long time. Uh, but because he held fast to principles rather than taking political sides, uh, a lot of people hate him from from that political side nowadays. And uh, you know, he when I watch him, he says things that that upset me too. Uh, but what I admire about the man is his insistence on, you know, the principles and laws governing things. In his case constitutional law you know he th- he looks at the law and he says if it has to be applied this way in this case then the law has to be applied equally in another case another thing i really like about him is that he's a uh, free speech uh, champion of free speech so his thing is uh he often talks about the the public arena of free expression and ideas and uh, on his show here recently, I, the guy's up like up in his 80s, so he's not a young whoopersnapper snapper no more. But w- one thing I really appreciate about his show is that when he does the show, he'll he'll read correspondence, and he'll read just as much of the correspondence of people who are just tearing him a hole, just beating him up and insulting him and criticizing him, and he will read that and allow that criticism to be heard he, he values it on the merit of people being should be able to say what they're really thinking and feeling anyway I'm, I'm really getting off topic here what's our online community like on locals well think of it as like a better designed refined version of Facebook groups so if you're a part of any Facebook groups it's that type of experience sort of it's like a community for people with refined tastes the platform itself is more refined and there's a daily stream of official exclusive content from me the last symptom on the topic of emotional health and authentic recovery videos things to read memes almost daily live streams and live chats I kinda feel the group out for those sorts of things live streams and live chats uh, I don't have a regular day that I do those things but um, videos are almost daily things to read daily uh, memes daily and memes are just really to the point excerpts from this show so any re- like really sharp point that I make in the show uh, I'll turn that into a meme live streams and live chats like I said our community is international. I mean, literally, we have folks in Nigeria, we have folks in India, we have folks in Australia, the UK, all over the Americas, Asia. So it's not, it, it's a little difficult for me to do like a live stream, convenient for everybody. Same way with live chats. I've tried different hours of the day, different times of the week. And um, for me to just do that regularly, on the same day or same time every week doesn't work. So what I kind of do is I kind of feel like the um, the activity that's going on on the group. If I feel like a lot of people are active and are there or are you know available, then I might do a live chat or a live stream. Those sorts of things. There's also a daily stream of content and contributions from our participating members. That is the Last Symptom Community. there on Locals daily. I'm very proud of the people who. Go out of their way to put something out there to share something. Um, that can be scary, but the our folks do it anyway. And of course, most importantly, our interactions are there. All of my interactions with my community are there. you can take care uh, advantage of those. We talk about serious things together. Or we talk about not so serious things together. It's a community of interaction yes support (laughs) I know that in the past I was a real stickler about the support thing but the healthy type of support it's a place of encouragement definitely a place of insights a place where your questions can be answered you know a lot of folks pay me a lot of money to have a conversation with me and to get some of my insights on their particular circumstances for you know the cost of a of a lunch for the entire month you can have access to me there on locals I do interact with with folks I do make it a point to answer questions there on the group so um, you know it's, it's your money you can do it you can spend how you want but one seems to make more sense than the other to me so only positive things happening over there on the or again on the locals app it's just the last symptom by brian barnett community but if uh, y'all didn't really understand what it was all about up to now as i've been mentioning it now you know there ain't nothing scary about it and you're even able to remain anonymous in the community if you if that's what you'd prefer it makes it hard for me to remember you and to associate you know the things that you're particularly dealing with and to hold that in my memory if, if I don't know your name and, and I don't know you. But you do have that option. I'm just saying that it, it, it's more difficult for me to um, get familiar with you on the group and to feel like you and I are establishing a, a kind of a working relationship. But if that's what you'd like, that's, you're, you're free to do that. If the Appalachian documentary sounds interesting to you, And you weren't able to join us on that Saturday a few Saturdays ago. No need to fret. I posted a link to it on the Last Symptom community, on Locals. So you can watch it on your own time. You just have to be with us in that community to find it on the timeline and view it. Again, to join us, you simply visit thelastsymptom.locals.com or download the Locals.com app to your phone or tablet from the app store and search for the last symptom. It will come right up. Okie dokie. Got kind of a hodgepodge of things to talk about today. You know, we had our discussion about Will Smith a couple weeks ago and that went to two hours plus because I got on a roll. There was a, lot of, there was a lot of things I had to say about that that applied to us and our discussions here then I took the week off in a sense because I just didn't record a show last last Thursday but I, I've still been busy I have a big backpacking uh, trip coming up here in the next uh, week and so I'm going to be out in the woods for uh, six days and I'm really looking forward to that the place here is a mess you folks who are watching this on video on Rumble or on YouTube the place is a mess by the way I want to mention something about YouTube YouTube recently deleted one of the episodes of the last symptom so there's their crazy censorship thing back back in full force second time they've they've done it to me I understand that if you're just a a consumer of content uh, definitely if you're just a kind of a casual consumer of content you probably think, what is the big deal? Why, why does Barnett keep bringing this up, the censor, censorship stuff? You know, it, it serves a, a purpose, right? There is a lot of, of riffraff that you just don't want in a civilized environment, you know. So let's say that YouTube wants to keep YouTube civilized. I understand that. Uh, certainly, that's re- reasonable to me. But that's not the only type of censorship that's happening. And if you were a person who felt like something that you had to say uh, was especially valuable to people, put yourself in those shoes. Wouldn't you like to give the individual the opportunity to decide whether or not they think that's something they want to consume, That that's, that's information they want to consume at all? And w- do you think that uh, you would feel happy about the idea of telling somebody something or, tr- or tr- going to share something with somebody and having somebody insert themselves into that and say, no, 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 you can't hear that and you can't say that. So if you are just a casual consumer of information or of content on the internet, you know, I would just recommend that you try to Put yourself into that position. Surely there are things that you enjoy talking about with people. And the larger your audience, you know, when you get into a situation or, you know, you're in a position like I am, and like other people are, you might begin to understand the frustration uh, that we experience when we can't just say a thing. For example, I can't even tell you why YouTube deleted that episode. I'll tell you the episode it was, too. It was from Season 2 and it was uh titled what is a BPD episode so YouTube deleted it I can't tell you why because if I do they'll delete this one but I uh, appealed it uh, they paid no attention to my reasoning and they upheld the the deletion so here's what I would just like to say I still use YouTube it's it's for now it's a much easier source of videos than let's say Rumble Rumble has some things they gotta work out but um, Rumble will not always be like that Rumble's ability to improve and become the next YouTube is dependent on people cutting a little bit of slack having a little trust in it and valuing, you know, their, their mission statement. Their mission statement is that they will let me say what I want to say. That's the same thing with locals. That's why I moved locals, uh, my group from Facebook to locals. So it doesn't take a genius to see why these uh, platforms deserve support, um, even, even though they might not be immediately as familiar were as immediately uh, as enjoyable as some of the established platforms. They're getting there. Locals, for example, when I moved to Locals, I was shocked that, first of all, that nobody had ever heard of this platform. I had never heard of it. And it was superior to anything else I could find out there. It was just a delight. It was a delight. Everything about it, the, um, it, it, it provides me with everything I need for my work to interact with my audience, To have a community of people of quality who are serious about being there at all. And they give me all the tools there on Locals that I need. Uh, Live streaming, live chats, media uploads. The most important thing, they don't censor me for petty things, right? I'm not talking about threats of violence and stuff like that. Folks who come into locals are not the type of folks who are interested in that type of stuff anyway. People who come into locals, <clears throat> like I say, they're they're a discerning group of people. Their interest is genuine. They're there for a, a real purpose. So what I would recommend, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to edit that episode of uh the Last Symptom podcast. Edit out the stuff that I think I can edit out and still get the episode up on YouTube but for those of you who would like to be able to hear me talk unfettered and say the things that you've gotten used to me hearing me say what I would recommend is that you at least at the very least not be subscribed to the last symptom in just one place so if you're only subscribed to me on YouTube you might want to diversify uh, your subscription to the last symptom a little bit subscribe to to rumble too download the rumble app give it a try it's it's and i'll tell you what while you're at it subscribe to uh, alan dershowitz and the last symptom you won't regret it you'll rec- you'll see why i like uh, alan Dershowitz so much i learned from him i recognize that he's somebody i can learn from and i value him it's probably the same reason you listen to me I've got some things that give you insights about things that you had never thought about before. You know, you ever heard that expression, uh, to, if you want to know about a person, look at who his friends are. Well, I would say, if you want to know about a person, look at who he or she chooses to spend his or her time around, right? Well that applies online too. Who are we spending our time around online? some loudmouth idiot who's uh just blabbering off at the mouth and uh offering really nothing of substance but just saying the things you like to hear or are you learning we learn from each other right in many in many cases so something to think about now on like i said we got a hodgepodge of topics here today because i'm preparing for this big epic backpacking trip in the backcountry I just threw together some hodgepodge of things here today. Let's talk about acceptance. You know, we think about acceptance in our own case uh, as being able, you know, we've talked about it many times before. It's the ability to look at a thing and see it for what it is. There's so many different facets of acceptance. If you've only taken what we've talked about, acceptance, and only applied it to those limited examples that I've been able to give you here on The Last Symptom, you're doing yourself a disservice. Acceptance, the principle of it, applies to so many different aspects of life. But here recently on The Last Symptom group on locals, one of our members was worrying about her sister's baby. Now, as we talk about this, I would like you to consider how does acceptance apply here? So she says this, My sister just had a baby boy and while I'm happy to have a part in his life a part in his life I'm very scared for the damage that will happen that I will have no way to stop I know I can do my part as his aunt but I can't raise him to know that he can be afraid if he's afraid and sad if he's sad I can't raise him to know he can talk to an adult if he's feeling a certain way. And I can't know that he will be told it's okay to feel. Is there anything wrong with her looking at this situation and feeling how she feels about it? Nope, nothing wrong with that. But she... The reason she's writing this is because she wants a solution to that. She wants a solution to feeling that way. Is there a solution? She goes on to say I plant little seeds of change in my sister when we talk, and I tell her about the Last Symptom podcast, but she's just not in a spot where she's able to listen to it. In fact, I find so many people around me could really use this podcast but have absolutely no interest in actually working on themselves anyway. They just want to complain and declare that this time they will be different. Again, is there anything wrong at all about the way she feels about this situation? No, there's not. Except that she wants a solution. She wants me to say... Well, here's how you fix that. Here's how you make them do what you want to do. Now, the thing about the baby boy, like her nephew, let's ask this question. Does her nephew's emotional care fall anywhere within the realm of her responsibilities? Uh, let's put it this way. Does it fall anywhere within the realm of her inherent Responsibilities. That's something to think about, ain't it? So she's looking at her nephew. She knows that her sister's unhealthy. She's looking at that situation, realizing that her nephew is going to grow up with observing the wrong attitudes from his parents. She senses the injustice of that and she wants to fix it she wants to fix the injustice which is understandable but does she have a right to it is it her responsibility and is her focus being there uh, accomplishing any good So, in the past, we've talked about the law of individual inherent rights, responsibility, and authority. We've described it as a circle in the sand. I've gone to talking about it as more like a bubble, right? Because a bubble is all encompassing. So, when we talk about the law of individual inherent rights, responsibility, and authority. I imagine it is like a bubble around us. And then there are 7 billion people. Uh, walking about the earth, all with their individual bubbles. It's probably not seven billion, because uh, you know, a large portion of of the world's population are probably children, and they fall within their their parents' uh, individual inherent rights, responsibility, and authority. The children won't get their own until they become individual uh, adult free agents. But still, you see that I, you know, the 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 description there. Here's what I had to say to her. I can understand the frustration. It's somebody you care about. I think about me doing this work, right? Uh, these things, these unhealthy attitudes and perceptions that I have escaped. Do you think that I go out into the earth, <laughs> go out into the world, and that these things don't aren't calling out to me all the time like, They're not in my face all the time. They're in my face all the time. I can't go down to the Piggly Wiggly or to the Walmart without these things being in my face. It is a great injustice when you see a child with unhealthy parents. It is a great injustice when you turn on the TV and the messaging on the show supports and encourages emotional disorders and emotional unhealth. I have my feelings about that. It, any injustice really bothers me, but especially those sorts of injustices really bother me. Now imagine that it's somebody you care about and you're you're observing that injustice. Here's what I had to say to her. Remember that our caring for somebody does not grant us rights or responsibility over them. right? Our caring for somebody, no matter how much we care for them, does not grant us rights and responsibilities over them. Now, you need to separate those two things. You might be inclined to focus more on rights, okay, so it doesn't give me rights over them. But what else did I say? The other thing I said is that it doesn't grant us responsibilities over them. What does that mean for her? It means that when her nephew... If her nephew grows up and is unhealthily affected by these attitudes that her sister lives with, it's not her responsibility to care about that in the sense of interfering with it. right? She can feel however she wants to feel about it, but it's not within the realm of her responsibility to feel like uh, she must do something about it like she's obligated to do something about it. What is her obligation? We're going to talk about that here in a minute. You'll be surprised. But to give you a a clue, her obligation is to worry about herself and to respect her sister as a person. What does that mean? Let's see. Your nephew is firmly under the rights and responsibility of your sister it's her right to raise him however she will and her responsibility to do so also but when we talk about identifying to whom responsibility belongs and to whom it does not belong this is also a way of keeping ourselves modestly in our place do you remember us talking about modesty it's something that I've been talking about a lot last year modesty is that beautiful quality where we are both able and willing to recognize our true limits as people and work within those limits we content ourselves with working within those limits our true limits does she have a limit when it comes to her, her nephew sure because the rights and responsibility for his care do not belong to her but she's her urge is to assume those rights and responsibilities anyway Do you see so her being modest is that ability to to recognize where her rights and responsibility and authority begin and end that circle in the sand or that bubble where does it begin and end and where does somebody else's bubble Begin and end. Being content to work within the confines of that bubble. And not trying to step into somebody else's. So. um, Recognizing the law of individual inherent rights. Responsibility and authority. As well as being modest. You know developing that quality. Is also a way. Of not taking on weight. That does not belong to us. Do you see that? It's a way of not putting weight on our shoulders that never belonged to us in the first place doesn't belong to us will never belong to us but it's also a way of us maintaining focus where it belongs where does our focus not belong where does it belong it belongs on ourselves, right? My, I have nieces Um uh, I'm in the same situation as this person by the way because I have three nieces both of their parents are just terribly unhealthy terribly unhealthy and I'm seeing the real life effects on my nieces uh, as a result of that the one is now uh, 19 or 20 on her second marriage they're separated she has a child she jumps from one relationship to the other relationship. My other nieces are uh, about two years apart, each one of them, right. Um, I'm seeing the effects on their life the way that it is uh, literally molding uh, them and helping direct their path through life in an unhealthy way. Can I do anything about my nieces now? That they're that most of them are adult free agents? No, because even now, the rights, responsibility, and authority over them don't belong to me. They never have. They didn't belong to me when they were children, and they don't belong to me now. The difference is that now, when I run into them, I can ask them questions, and that's the way... I would recommend that you handle uh, a similar situation. I can ask them questions to cause them to think. But that's about the extent of it, right? Unless a person comes... You you might ask yourself, how does Barnett even have a business uh, with the last symptom? He's telling us not to uh, volunteer advice that people don't want to hear. And he's telling us that our inherent rights, responsibility and authority begin and end practically right around a circle around our feet how does Barnett even do this last symptom thing well I'll tell you how I do it the way I do it is I lay information out there and people who respond to it then I I try to help but I'm not pushing it on anybody right you're not listening to this show or watching this show on uh, rumble or youtube because i held you down stuck a couple clips in your eyes and you know presented the show right in front of you are you that's that is not my approach my approach is to just lay it out there those who want it can partake of it those who don't want it can reject it and that has uh, been the way it's been since the beginning i started this The other thing is that when I challenge you individually with something, it's because you have come to me specifically for advice. So that's why I'm not overstepping my line in the sand. You have scheduled a call with me, and you've done so for the explicit purpose of me sharing my observations with you. Right, So they're in a phone call, and there's many people who've had phone calls with me who can attest to this. If you're talking along and you say something that's just total horse pooey, I don't know if you guys have noticed or not, but I've been really making a concerted effort to not um, uh, Curse. And I'm doing well, by the way. I'm doing well on that, so that should encourage you. If that's something that you're interested in doing, let's uh, talk to me about it on the Last Symptom uh, Locals group. And I can tell you the techniques that I've been using to remind myself not to do that. I've been listening. I've been editing a lot of the last uh, past shows, and I got kind of carried away in a few instances where you know I'd get really uh, worked up over a topic or something like that, and I felt like I was using cuss words a little bit uh, more than I than I want to reflect on me so I've edited a lot of that out and uh, nowadays I'm (laughs) even though I still believe like at the beginning you know when I started the last symptom I said that when you really want to get somebody's attention sometimes a curse word does that but in today's world curse words have become so common and you know even the most uh intense curse words have become so common that I'm kind of of the opinion now that if you really want to get somebody's attention you avoid using the curse word you you avoid it because that now is the opposite it used to be shocking like you would hear a certain word oh and that would snap a person out of their kind of mindset um, not true I don't think now now I think that the, the avoidance of such words can have just as strong of, a, of an effect as the curse word once had 10 years ago so anyway again I'm getting off off topic so I had to get myself a sweater But you, so if you're talking along you say something that's just total horse pooey and you're on a phone call with me I, I definitely stop you and I say, nope, I got a challenger right there. What you're saying is completely bunk, and here's why. That is not me stepping outside of my circle in the sand because you've come to me for that, right? You've scheduled the call with me specifically for that. But when I'm out and about, and even when I'm interacting with my nieces, I can't do that. I don't do that. If my niece is, I've just bumped into my niece and she starts talking about whatever and I can see that she's expressing something it is just fundamentally flawed and unhealthy I keep my lips zipped why? because I have no right to interfere in her life as an adult free agent I don't have that right it doesn't matter how much I love her what do I do instead? What I do instead is I will present a question. So I think in about a year ago, well, we were talking about this very niece that I run into her. She had the baby. She, was, she had a ring on her finger. And I said, what's that, what's that all about? I knew she had just gotten divorced. I said, what's that all about? She says, well, I'm, I'm engaged. I'm getting married. And I said, oh, oh okay. Uh, I said, didn't you just get uh, divorced? she says yeah so I presented a question and my question was why, would you, why do you want to do that I, I'm just curious why do you want to get married again so soon she says well it's just what I want to do I thought, well you know it's your life I love you so much and want good things for you I said uh, have you ever thought about what life might be like if you just spend a couple years just kind of by yourself getting to know yourself looking after yourself I don't remember exactly what her answer was but clearly she had not ever thought of that she hadn't and I would say that's true for a lot of my audience too because when we're unhealthy you know we get we, we get our identity through our relationship so what does that translate into In real life it translates into bouncing from one relationship to the next relationship and because we never get to know ourselves and know what our underlying unhealth is uh we bounce into the same types of relationship right it's a it's a craving and it's a desire that you can't even put words to why can't you put words to it because you're unhealthy you don't know yourself you don't know what is provoking these desires and cravings most of it's just totally unhealthy bunk mo- most people and their craving to be in a relationship is just mo- it's just 99 percent unhealthy bunk so I presented some questions to try to see if she could arrive at you know it's like when we limit ourselves right and then you get like a a mentor who challenges your thoughts on that, with with some really sly questions, that cause you to say, "Well, right, like, why am I limiting myself to this?" Uh, so that's how I interact with her. I don't step out of side of my circle in the sand and give her advice that is unsolicited. I don't do that. Period. It's very hard sometimes, and it's totally contrary to how I used to live because the way I used to live was do this, do this you know, when you're unhealthy you're trying to control your environment and what makes up that environment people with their own individual inherent rights, responsibility and authority so you're trying to control things you have no control over and you will never have any control over it's incredible to go from that type of a lifestyle of trying to control your environment to just letting your environment be what it is and making decisions only for yourself. Do you remember what the topic of today is? Acceptance. Are you starting to see how acceptance contributes to that? Remember, acceptance is not agreeing with a thing. Acceptance is just simply, all right, this is the truth? Then that's what I've got to work with. I'm going to, from now on, my approach is going to be in harmony with my acceptance of this truth. That's acceptance so this person who is talking about her nephew again are you beginning to see how acceptance is the answer for her the answer is not uh, not stepping outside of her circle in the sand uh, forcing her opinions and forcing insight and knowledge on uh, her sister and these sorts of things forcing advice upon them and stuff like that its acceptance acceptance it's it's unloading this sense of responsibility that never belonged to you at all it doesn't mean you don't any, uh, care any longer it just means that you recognize it's not your responsibility it's not your responsibility you have no authority there so you're unloading it when we see people we care about suffering it's not that we don't have feelings as far as that goes you know that we don't feel sad about that The just the natural unhealthy results of that it's not that we don't feel it's that we keep ourselves in check that it just is what it is you know everybody's favorite term in the whole world I think I told you guys uh, the reason why I hate that term so much is because I was, when I was an interpreter one of the doctors diagnosed a guy with uh, cancer that I was in, an interpreter for Mexican guy basically told him he just had weeks to live and didn't follow it up with any kind of uh, expressions of compassion or anything like that the guy was just standing there in total shock and um, the doctor turned around and coldly said to him look it just is what it is like you're not going to be here six weeks from now and it just is what it is went back to write, scribbling in his, on his clipboard or whatever and I had to interpret that so it's not something I just toss around freely when I say that expression it just is what it is but when we're talking about acceptance it is just what it is right it's your ability to look at a thing and recognize it, it just is what it is I don't agree with uh, my nephew growing up with these sorts of attitudes and the, this sorts this sort of uh, emotional education but at the same time it's not my responsibility it's not under my authority to do anything about it so i got to let it go do i have to like it no i don't have to like it i just have to recognize that the that the situation it just is what it is Only people who maintain this focus and respect for the law of individual inherent rights, responsibility, and authority get anything done. That's probably the takeaway point of today's show. Only people who recognize, respect, and work in harmony with the law of individual inherent rights, responsibility, and authority in this respect get anything done how is that? it's because just because you don't recognize that you are powerless to a thing just because you don't recognize that you're powerless in a certain situation does not mean you aren't powerless in a certain situation think about that just because you don't recognize respect and value your powerlessness in a situation does not mean you're not still powerless in that situation. You are. Because when we're talking about you being powerless, this is not just a perception. We're talking about things you truly are powerless to. Now you think about a man. uh, You know, in the past we used the uh, example of a man going out screaming at the weather. Just because he can't perceive that he has no power over the weather does not give him any more power over the weather. So what what does it mean that he's going out and screaming at the weather? It means he's wasting his time. Do you want to be somebody who wastes her time or his time pointlessly? Would you rather be somebody who harnesses your energy and power into directions where it can actually have an effect? That's what we're talking about. We're talking about not wasting your time and energy and efforts on things where it's just time and energy and effort going out the window. It ha—it can't have an effect. You caring more about it doesn't cannot give you more of a control or power over this thing. So it just—it's just a total waste. Your attention and energy in these sorts of situations where you're looking at your nephew or you're looking at somebody else's kids or you're looking at the kids in the Walmart. And you're saying, boy, that's an injustice. That's an injustice that those kids are going to be raised with those sorts of attitudes. You're allowed to feel how you feel about it. But it has to stop there. How can you make it stop there? Acceptance. Acceptance. If you want to start a channel like this, if you want to start a, a podcast, if you want to start a video channel where you present information and allow whoever wants to take advantage of it to take advantage of it, you can do that. What you cannot do is force your opinion upon other people. Force what you know upon other people. Force your way of life upon other people. You can't do that. It's a total waste of time to even try. So when you see these sorts of situations out there in the world and they're irritating you, acceptance The ability to see a thing for what it is will allow you to go, it's not my responsibility. It's still an injustice, and it breaks my heart that this injustice exists in the world. But acceptance will also allow you to say, but that's the reality of the world we live in. That is the reality. What else does acceptance allow you to to come to terms with that it's not your responsibility that these things exist in the world have you noticed that about me that uh, that is my entire approach to things I'm living what I'm telling you right now I'm living it in that my whole work the last symptom the whole nature of it is taking insights and just laying them out there where people can stumble across them that's really what they do you know i i I have no advertising or anything for the last symptom so it literally is just me just laying it out all of you listening to this show or watching this show or who are members of the last symptom community on locals you have stumbled across the last symptom it wasn't forced upon you by me anyway i don't know if I don't know if somebody else forced it upon you but uh, even if they did the only reason that you would have responded to it is if that is if you were in a place where you were wanting it already anyway whoever introduced you to the last symptom couldn't make you want it or be receptive to it you just were so in my own life I look out at some uh, situations similar to what this person is describing. I regret many of the things I see, a lot of things I see break my heart. But that's all I allow. I'm allowed to feel how I want to feel about it. I can't emphasize enough how every... I cannot go to the store and see something that breaks my heart. As far as emotional health goes. Because I see families interacting with with themselves. I see people interacting with other people. And it's not that I'm critically judging these people. It's just that I'm making observations. I can't help it. right? Because I was once part of one half of society, and now I'm part of the other half. The one half that I used to be a part of was the unhealthy half. I used to think this... When we talked about Will Smith last week, or two weeks ago, I used to be part of the Will Smith half. I could not distinguish uh, words and my feelings from physical reality. So if somebody insulted me enough, to me that was no different than a physical attack. Therefore I'm uh, justified in responding with a physical attack in response, right? But do you remember how we explained that unhealthy people, they they can't make that distinction who can make that distinction? healthy people. it's healthy people that go okay he's he's emotionally attacking me right now so i can try to react emotionally but that's that's where that ends i can't physically respond to something that is purely emotional i can say what i want to say or i can get myself out of that situation but I can't physically respond to something that is purely emotional in order for me to be able to physically respond I would have to get physically attacked then I can physically respond to that attack so when I'm out in public and I see these things and breaks my heart and everything like that I put more heart and soul into the show I put more heart and soul into my work with the last symptom but it's still it's still limited to me just laying it out there your consumption of this show of this information is the decision that you're making for yourself it's not a decision that I'm making for you I'm simply putting it out there the reason why I'm emphasizing this is because I want you to see that this is the approach that you must have to everything in life if you are to be and remain healthy even when it comes to your nephews and nieces your sisters and brothers, your cousins, your aunts, observe them, feel compassion for them, don't try to live their lives for them, it's really what it comes down to, right? Are you willing to live your own life only? When we're talking about adult free agents, you you get you have the full right, uh, rainbow of rights responsibility and authority over your own life but only your your own life if you have children they fall under that umbrella don't try to live other people's lives for them can you be content doing that can i be content looking at my brother my beloved brother i love him to death he's few people on on the earth that i love more can i be content watching him make his own decisions that I totally disagree with and that are probably going to destroy him, love him anyway, allow him to do it, respect his right to make those decisions, not interfere. Unless he asks me, he comes right out and says, what do you think about this? What would you do? He says that, well, then I'm wide open. He's he's invited me. Now I'm no longer trying to... Um, Uh, blatantly step outside of my circle in the sand or my bubble and enter his and assume rights responsibility and authority that, that don't belong to me and never will I only get to influence those things by laying information out there and anybody can take advantage of it if they want to or if I am specifically invited to give my feedback so if my brother says, you know, I just feel like every decision I'm making is just a terrible decision, and what am I doing wrong? Please, help me. What am I doing wrong? Well, then the floodgates would come open. I would say, brother, you're doing this wrong, you're, and you're doing this wrong. You need to do this, and you need to do that. But I can't go there until it is invited. I can't. I can't. It would be a waste of my time, energy, and attention to do so. Let's say you're planting a garden, but it's in rocky soil you You bring in no dirt, you don't plant any seeds, you just till the earth with like a a rake or a hoe. so you prepare all this this land where you know nothing will grow. You know that that you're wasting your time. As soon as you know that you're totally wasting your time, why would you continue doing it? People don't do that. And yet, for some reason, when we're talking about our interpersonal relationships with other people, other adult free agents who have total authority over their own lives, we say, well, because it's my cousin or something, I have a right to step out of my circle, and try to assume control over their lives, try to live their lives for them. And it is absolutely bound for failure. And people do it anyway. It's because when we're unhealthy, we don't realize that, well, we don't, we don't understand and we don't respect and we don't value the law of individual inherent rights, responsibility and authority. So we don't realize that we're, we're just throwing our energy and time and attention out the window in a totally useless way but the results always will be what they are anyway a total it's like planting no seed in a rocky soil that you just tilled why did you till that soil you didn't plant any seed you didn't do anything speaking of seed it's interesting that that's the illustration that come to my mind because when I talk about just laying information out what is that it's planting seed it's tilling soil planting seed and just waiting for it to grow That's that's the approach you have to have to other people you can't make it grow it just will grow or it won't grow you can only prepare the conditions for that growth that's it and so the person will come along they will take advantage of it or they won't but that's out of your hands how does acceptance play into that? acceptance is recognizing that and being okay with it can you do that? can you be okay with that? attention on myself is the only place that is even remotely constructive you say, well, Brian, you make a living doing this it's true I do but my attention is always on myself I take what I have learned from my personal experiences and I lay it out there the attention is still primarily on myself now we mentioned early on that this would come down you know the situation with the the girl allowing her sister to unhealthily affect her own children would come down to whether or not she can view her sister as a an individual as a person or not how is that true it's true in the sense that gracefully uh, leaving your sister's life up to her her right to live her life as she wants to to live it her right to be to parent in the way that she wants to parent and recognizing that, that responsibility and that right does not belong to you and not overstepping that not acting in contrary to that attitude is your attitude really that your sister's life is her life her children are her children? Is that real? your attitude? Will your behaviors will reflect it. If you truly recognize her as an individual with her own individual rights, responsibility, and authority as an individual and also as a parent, how will your behaviors reflect that? If you were trying to raise her children for her in ways that she doesn't agree with, would that be reflective of you recognizing her rights as an individual adult free agent Mm -mm. that would be a reflection of you uh, viewing her as a possession of yours right she's your sister because she's your sister a possession you have rights over her that is not viewing people as people even if you disagree or pained by some of her decisions and methods Viewing people as people, that is, as individuals, means being okay with them living and managing their own lives and affairs in ways that contradict what you want. Starting to see why it's so important that we value the law of individual inherent rights, responsibility, and authority. It is, a, it is a direct reflection on our attitudes do we view people as people what's the, what's the alternative of viewing people as people? the alternative is viewing them as possessions so she's my sister because she's my sister I have an inherent right to live her life for her to make decisions for her because she's not doing it right that's not viewing a person as a person to view people as people is inherently means to be able to view them making decisions that you totally disagree with that you know that you even know are unhealthy and uh, not best for them and to allow it gracefully it's not that you even have a choice to allow it it's it's you just accepting it that's where acceptance comes in again whether you allow it or not it's going to happen the way it happens your acceptance is you uh, surrendering to just the 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 reality of the situation so your sister doesn't need you to allow her to live (laughs) however she wants to live as an adult free agent she's going to live however she wants to live as an adult free agent it's just can you surrender away the desire to control that situation if you can surrender away your urges to take control of that situation it means you're beginning to view people as people that's what it is you're beginning to view people as people when you can surrender away the desire to con- to live their lives for them in the meantime keep planting those seeds remember we talked about the garden planting the seeds how do we plant seeds we plant seeds with questions like I did with my niece why would you want to do that why would you want to get married again right after you just got married okay let me ask you a question have you ever thought about just taking a couple years and enjoying your singleness you know getting to know yourself a little bit more, spending more time with yourself have you ever have you ever thought of that? No, I never thought of that. well, it's something to think about, probably, right? yeah, I guess so. Give her a hug, I love her. We part ways, but I've planted a seed. That's how you plant seeds with questions so if you want something to practice between now and the next time we talk, practice your questions instead of giving a person an answer direct that they haven't asked for by the way practice your questions it falls within your rights, responsibility and authority to ask questions you're allowed to do that you're not allowed to force your opinions and thoughts and things on other people you're allowed to ask questions though and think of asking questions as planting seeds it's but they're both the same thing. So, folks, that's it. I hope you have a wonderful uh, weekend and a wonderful week. I'm going to continue preparing here for my backpacking trip. You guys, take care of yourselves. I'll talk to you uh, real soon, sooner than you you know. Good night. <music>